welcome to the Three Bald Guys Talk Marketing Podcast with Three Bald Guys. Fred Peritsky of FCP Digital, Paul Schindel of Three Bears Communications, and freelance writer Rodney Warner. Thank you, everyone, for joining us again for uh, Three Bald Guys Talk Marketing. I'm Rodney Warner, commercial freelance writer. Fred Peritsky, web designer. And I'm Paul Schindel, Three Bears uh, Marketing Communications. And our guest today is Trish Barbosa, who is the founder and CEO of Peace Aging Care Experts, which is a name that pretty much tells you exactly what she does and how she does it. Um, they are professional compassionate care management services. And Trish is an RN, and that's kind of what this is all about uh, or how this started. Welcome, Trish. Thank how are you. Ya? Thank you so much for having me today. How did you start this business? How and why did you start this business? And who are the people that you serve? Well, I, I've been a nurse. I can't believe I'm going to say this, but it's it'll be 35 years this year. And I've worked in just about every area of nursing you can imagine. The hospital, doctor's offices, nursing homes. And for a long time, I worked for insurance companies managing the care of people with catastrophic illnesses and injuries. There was a point at which I was working for an insurance company that was just making the worst decisions and they were staying in business. And I've always had this entrepreneurial bug in me. And I thought, you know, I should just start my own business because I would make good decisions. And if, if they're making money on bad decisions, I would have to be able to make money at this. Um, but I didn't really know what to do. And, and, and the truth is, I, you know, I had worked as a case manager for a long time, assessing, you know, the, the condition of people, making sure the right specialists were in place. And then as my life went on, I, you know, I didn't even realize that these were skills that I had developed. Not everybody had these skills. So when my dad had a massive stroke at the age of 59 and my mom got cancer 20 years later and I had a child with special needs all in that in that time span I used the skills that I didn't even know I had to make sure that that my family got the best care that they could get and I became a really strong advocate and what happened was friends and family must have noticed and they would come to me and they'd say oh you know I'm having this issue with my mom what do you think I should do and I remember at first thinking gosh, why are you asking me? And that's when I realized that, that I had these care management skills. I had the ability to pull together the right team. I, I knew what people needed to, li to live well and to be healthy. And so when I was thinking about starting my own business, I thought I invented the field as far as working strictly with elderly. And uh, it turns out a lot of people who do what I do also thought that they invented the field. But when I, um, when I looked into it a little further, I realized there, there, it's a small, what we call a cottage industry, which is really what it was about 14 years ago when I started but it's grown it's grown a lot through the years and we have a professional association and that was perfect for me because I was able to take these skills that I had developed as a care as a case manager and kind of adapt them to working with folks who are, you know, most of our clients are elderly, but we also work with people who have mental illness and um, developmental disabilities. So, so that's kind of how I got where I am. Most of your staff or most of your, um, your care providers are registered nurses, right? So as I understand it, most of your, your clients are elderly or special needs folks who are who have 
caregivers, but who are not care managers and medical supervision for those people. Is that it? Right. It, when, when the field of geriatric care management was first developed, which is probably, I'm going to say, probably 25 to 30 years ago, it was actually started by a group of social workers. And for a long time, it was a social work field. But over time, we nurses have found, you know, this is a perfect fit for our skill set, too. Our approach is different, but we all, do, we all do the same job. And I started out with myself, and I began adding nurses to my staff as, as I needed more and more help. And then a, tr a tremendous social worker became available. I, I hardly had to train her at all. She'd been doing the work for a long time. And now she's been on my team, I think, for about seven years. And I have another social worker, too. So our total right now, including me, we have seven registered nurses and two social workers. The social workers are actually pretty medical themselves. They, you know, over time, we, we kind of refer to them as honorary nurses. But if they get in pretty deep with someone who has a lot of complex issues, they know that all they have to do is raise their hand and any number of us can, can step in and help with the medical. And how do you market the business? I'm going to ask this question in two ways. How have you marketed the business and how do you market it today in the midst of the pandemic, uh, the ongoing pandemic uh, situation? Well, I'll tell you when I first started, I marketed myself to elder law attorneys because Geriatric care management is not a service that's covered by Medicare or any type of insurance. Sometimes people have long-term care policies and, and there's an allowance for a care manager, but by and large, this is a private paid consultant service. If it were covered by insurance, let me tell you, everyone would have a care manager. It's a terrific service. We, you know, we, we do assessments of folks. We find out what's going on in their world. And we, and it's our job to know what the resources are to pull in to make things better. We do a lot of coaching with families who are caring for someone with um, dementia. If it were covered by insurance, we would be incredibly busy, but it's a private pay service. So the reason that I started marketing myself to Jerry, uh, to uh, elder law attorneys is because they would know who needs a geriatric care manager and they would also know who can afford to pay. So, and then over time, as, as we got more involved, I met more and more attorneys through, um, through different avenues, started working with a lot of home care agencies and other people in the elder care field. I can tell you the referral um, basis in, in this sort of field is that um, it's all relationship-based. I'm not comfortable referring a client of mine to a home care agency unless I know the people who run that home care agency and know how they run it. And that's how they feel with geriatric care management. So it was, it's by and large, it's a lot of word of mouth, but I do have a website. I have a presence on Facebook. I'm on LinkedIn. I do some networking. I mean, really, you know, it could be a full-time job. I always say it's a full-time job to get part-time work. That's kind of what I did, just a lot of relationship building and, and, and plate spinning also. You know, I haven't seen this one in a while. Let me spin that plate and kind of keeping things going. And now since COVID, it's a lot different because a lot of those, you know, high-touch contacts are not happening now. So we're doing a lot on Zoom. At least we can see someone. But I miss looking somebody in the eye, shaking their hand, asking them what's going on in their world, and really building a nice relationship. So Will we ever shake hands again? I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> you mentioned, I think the phrase you used was home care agency. Is, is that... Mm -hmm. So have you ever thought of, instead of referring that business out to kind of starting your own and doing that with your own folks and, and making money that way too? I'll tell you this. I have worked in home care and 
it's very hard. It's a big headache and I give a lot of credit to the people who do it and the people who do it well. What I like about what I do is that I have a team of professionals, all licensed professionals. When they say they're going to be there, they're going to be there. If something needs to be done, they'll do it. A lot can go right in home care and usually does, but a lot can go wrong because you have people with a, um, with a lower skill set who are not under supervisory eyes most of the time that they're working. You know, and this is why it's so important to have a home care agency that you really trust because the and, law requires, I'm sorry. No, I was going to say, do, um, I was going to say, doesn't that also require or have much more regulation involved in, in home care services? Yes. And more and more as time goes on. It's in fact, there, there were recent changes made in the, in the home care law, just about maybe four or five years ago, there were a couple things happening. There was a lobby to make sure the caregivers were being paid at least minimum wage. Um, and that was mostly for people who do live-in work. Um, and that kind of bumped the rates up a little bit. And, um, and then all of the agencies had to become accredited. And that was, that's a big expense, not just to become accredited, but to maintain that. So some people just thought, you know what, it's not worth it for me anymore. And they, they got out of the business. So yes, tons of regulation in home care. As far as you generating business, is it all referrals? Do you still reach out to attorneys? What's feeding you clients? A lot of it is having been doing, I've been doing this for, you know, I'm in my 15th year right now. So we've been doing it for a long time and I've been keeping plates spinning for all that time and, and expanding as well. It's, it's not just the elder law attorneys who call us, but it's now we have, we get referrals from nursing homes when they have someone there for rehab who's going home and maybe they're a little worried about that person making sure you know that everything that they're setting up is going to happen and that the person is safe at home so they might refer a care manager to go in and do an assessment see the house and and help smooth the transition um, we get a lot of referrals from assisted living facilities because um, many times families don't realize that when you admit someone you love into an assisted living facility you can't walk away there are certain services that are available on site but specialist doctor appointments, like for instance, a cardiologist or a urologist, that's up to the family to take care of. The facility doesn't, doesn't accompany the person to the appointment or coordinate the appointment. So if families don't live nearby or if they're tied up in their own lives, they can hire a geriatric care manager and we'll take care of that for you. Trish, um, I was very impressed by all the services that you offer on your website and that you've talked about so far. And my only experience with this is, um, thank goodness in a way. So my father died like that. So he, unfortunately he was young, but had no suffering, didn't have to go to um, assisted living. My mother lived to be 93, lived on her own, same thing. But I did have an uncle who died at 101 this year and was in assisted living for about six or seven years. So I got a lot of experience in what my cousins were going through, what my uncle was going through. And a lot of people my age have parents in this situation and some of my older friends are seeing themselves in this situation. Who should we look for as a referral for you? And when is a good time for us to maybe talk to them and say, I know somebody that you should really talk to before things get worse? Or because mm -hmm. a lot of people I I have some friends much older than me, maybe 15 to 20 years, and you can see that they need something, but they're hesitant to take that mm -hmm. step. So how can we talk to them and when should we talk to them, I guess would be the question. 
I wish I had a nickel for every time someone said to me, oh my God, I wish I knew about you 10 years ago when I was taking care of my mom. Part of our challenge as care managers is getting the word out that we even exist because families don't really know. Usually families come to us in, in two situations. One is they're starting to notice some changes um, in their parents' behavior or their relatives' behavior where they're getting more forgetful. Maybe they're losing weight because they're forgetting to eat or food is going spoiled. They're forgetting to take their medications or they're just showing a decreased capacity to be able to organize things in general. Maybe they shouldn't be driving or getting, you know, maybe they're getting lost. So sometimes families come there kind of when the, when the crisis is coming. They know that something bad is coming, things are not good, and they don't think it's going to be- get better. And obviously, because I work in, with the geriatric population, almost all of our clients have dementia. Not all, but almost all. Um, the other time families come is when, look, my mom took a spill. She's got a broken hip. She's in the hospital. I don't know where she should go. I, I don't know who to trust. And I don't know if she can ever live home again. So, and those are cases where we, you know, we dive right in. Um, we can, as care managers, we can see, we see our clients wherever they are at the time they need our help. So if someone is kind of slowly deteriorating, but they're living at home, we'll see them there. If they're, you know, we have clients who are called in to see at assisted livings and nursing homes as well. For someone who has a, a medical crisis, we'll go right to the hospital and get the information. You know, discharge planners at hospitals have a very, very difficult job because they have to get people out the door as soon as insurance is done paying. So they don't have the luxury of helping the family find just the right facility for rehab. You know, all of the nursing homes offer rehab and, and they're not all created equal, not by a long shot. But Basically, a discharge planner doesn't have time to say, look, I recommend you go here or here. Instead, they hand a list and they say, these are all the facilities in the area. Pick one, let me know which one you want, and we'll, we'll get your parent there. A geriatric care manager you know, doesn't work for the man, doesn't work for the hospital who's saying, get the bodies out the door. So we can take the time, and we have been in every facility. Most of the discharge planners, again, haven't had that luxury, so they don't know which ones are better or worse. Or worse. But we know them all. A lot of times we know the admissions people. We know the care staff there. And we can help facilitate someone's transition from the hospital into a quality rehab. And then if it's, you know, when therapy is over, if they're ready to go home, we can, we can help them transition back home and make sure that they have all the right care in place. So to answer your question, people can call us at any time. If everything's going swimmingly, there's not a whole lot that we can do. You know, we can, we can educate the family, though, on, on how senior care works. There are a lot of lessons to be learned there. You know, Medicare doesn't pay for much. Um, there's a lot of financial planning and documents you should have in place. So I guess you could say anytime someone could be referred to us. Um, so, but we're ready to jump in an emergency. And, and I, I know you've had leadership positions in a couple of the national associations. Based on what you've just said, I assume you could also refer people to our caregivers who are, or folks who are outside your geography who can, uh, who can work with them as well. Separate question. You started the business around 2006, I believe. That's and right. here it is, 2020. Now, in 2008, we had a great recession, and here we are, you know, on the precipice, so to speak, again. What did you learn then? What, you know, are you learning now about these times that we go through? 
I will say, you know, since we're a, a privately paid service in New Jersey, just to give you an idea, a, a typical range uh, for an hourly rate for a care manager is anywhere between $150 an hour and $175 an hour. It depends on geography and kind of what the market will bear where you are. You know, we're, we're very careful with how we spend our time, but what we do is very valuable to families. And so in situations where the stock market is not great and, and assets are low and people are more concerned about the cost of services, what I would say to families is, look, even if you can't hire us and keep us involved to continue to keep an eye on your mom, hire us, invest in the assessment. And let us come out and do a full assessment, provide you with our, our best vetted resources. One thing I like people to know is that um, as members of our professional association, the Aging Life Care Association, we're prohibited from accepting any kind of commission or referral fee. We, we only work for the client. And that means we don't have any skin in the game. All Our only goal is to lead you and your parents to the best care possible. And in some cases, there, there are facilities and services we have used for our own families. So that's what I would say in times where if times are tough, just invest in the assessment. It's about an hour and a half to two hour visit. And we're going to provide you with a detailed report and specific um, recommendations and resources so that if you want to make those calls, you can make those calls. And if you need us back down the line, you can always call us. I think besides the, uh, the health issues that the elderly have, I assume that they have a lot of financial issues because nobody, sometimes they have nobody to watch their money. Um, in the case of my uncle, his two, two daughters, my two cousins, one's a doctor, the other's an accountant. So he had a really good team of his daughters managing the medical care and managing his finances, paying his bills. Do you help with that or do you refer, do you refer out because uh, seniors in a, in a uh, assisted living situation or a home care situation, I've heard horror stories about them losing uh, funds because they're not watching or not able to watch over people that are taking care of that for them. Do you have resources for that also? I do, yes. And and handling handling the money is not really something that I like to get into. I like to stay with 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 our lane, which is taking care of the care of the person. But there are specialists out there, believe it or not, there's a field called daily money managers. And the daily money managers are not accountants, but they they'll sit with someone if necessary, they can write out the check and have the person sign it. They keep the checkbook balance. They have all the paperwork together so the tax time comes everything is ready and it's um and that person is accountable to and, whoever else might be in charge and uh we have a um future guest planned who does that sort of thing she is a financial manager basically i forget how she how she you know titles it but she's a financial manager for people who need that kind of service and anything from you know taxes to just paying the bills you know, it seems to me that, you know, what you sell is your knowledge and experience. I mean, you're not, when people pay you, they're not paying you for that hour. They're paying you for all the time and effort before that hour right. <laughs> that you developed all this expertise and knowledge. I mean, right. it's, it's not like you're, you know, you're not selling cars. You're, you're not, you're not selling bird feeders. Mm -hmm. You know, it's actually your knowledge and your experience that you're selling. And it seems that you, you could be a perfect person to kind of sell your services with like speaking engagements or, or, you know, writing blogs, writing guest posts, you know, writing a column, mm -hmm. 
you know, doing a lot of social media, that sort of thing, really spreading your expertise and showing people that you're really trustworthy because you really know what you're talking about. Is that something you do or, or have done in the past? I've definitely done that. Um, in fact, I did a speaking engagement about two years ago, um, and it was through a um, it was through a, a neuropsychological group where they do uh, clinical studies and assessments of people with dementia. And they gave me an opportunity to do a presentation, and I will tell you, once I did that, I realized I really do need to do that more often because it was a full year, and I was still getting people who saw me in that in that presentation for help. So that's, those are great opportunities for me. I love to do that. I'm actually working on a presentation right now, which has to do with financial exploitation of the elderly and how to recognize it and what to do about it if it's occurring. So that's, that's, my, that's my next phase once things open up. That's, that's a big one. You know, I think another thing that you could try to do is, is try to reach out to local media and try to be a source for stories about you know, unfortunately, every once in a while, there's stories about people who are elderly or people who are disabled who get into serious trouble. And, and maybe if their families had your advice, maybe they could, maybe they could have avoided it. Right. So I think, I think any, you know, your kind of expertise really lends itself to, to really being potentially in the media. You, I think you have a future, you know, on, on YouTube. Um, and other things, of course, and and you certainly have a future in in the podcasting world because um, because there's no doubt that this when this is posted it will uh, serve you well as it serves us with our trying to entertain ourselves by by having these conversations with business owners. So, what's your uh, takeaway, Paul? My takeaway is that I you know my my takeaway is that there's no substitute for um, for expertise that is well applied. Um, and I think that's what we see with, um, with Trish today. And, I, you know, that applies across the board. And when it comes to marketing that expertise, um, there are a million ways to, to do it. And um, no two businesses are alike in that regard. Um, Trish has done a great job building her business. Um, and, you know, I know some bald guys have done a pretty good job doing that as well. Um, Fred, your takeaway? Um, my takeaway has uh, more than one part. One is to, to look for signs, like Trish said before, in people that you love and have them re refer them to, to Trish if they're in the area. And we had talked before we got on that Trish handles uh, people that live in New Jersey because of laws related to Medicaid and other things. So if we know somebody that's in New Jersey and we see signs, we should really talk to them. I didn't even realize that there was a, a career in uh, care management. I knew about caregivers and other, like the, uh, the uh, daily money managers, whatever you call it. But I think what you do is amazing. So that's, that's my takeaway. And, and how to mar help market seminars, webinars, speeches in front of people, I think would open up uh, many people's eyes and ears as to what's happening in plain sight around us. So I really appreciate you being with us today and keep up the amazing job that you and your uh, fellow nurses are doing. Thank you. And thank you so much for the opportunity. It's been a pleasure. I can't tell you the last time I was on a Zoom call with three ball guys. <laughs> you know, I think it's, it's great. And, I, and, and maybe you feel this way more some days than others, but 
I'm sure there are days you really feel blessed that you're in a position to really help people who need it. You know, I've been blessed for some of my jobs more than others where I definitely felt that way. And it made it a lot easier to get out of bed in the morning, knowing that, that you were going to be helping people who really needed it. And I, I think really the, the, the key for you to, to get all the business you've gotten up to this point to get in the future is trust. Once you develop trust with people, you know, they're going to send you people. <laughs> You're going to get clients because they need someone to trust, especially when they're dealing with a loved one, you know, someone who, who really needs help. And, and anybody's selling their services to that kind of population, you really need to generate trust, mm -hmm. you know, among people who are going to send you business. Thank you very much for your time. Keep up the great work. Uh, you know, we really hope that things continue to go well for you. And we thank you very much for your time. And we thank everybody for listening. Uh, thank you for subscribing. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Trish, how do we find you? Ah, well, you can find me. I have a website. It's peaceagingcare.com. And my, my phone number is on there. It rings right to my cell phone. So I'm the one, I'm the, the head pot washer here, but I have a terrific team. I'm always the first person folks talk to. Peaceagingcare.com. Mm -hmm. Great. Thank you. Um, so this is Paul Schindel, Three Bears, Advertising, Marketing, and Communication, threebears.com. Spell it out, please. T-H-R-E-E bears.com. And I'm Fred Peritsky, FCP Digital, Full Service Digital Marketing Agency in Richborough, Bucks County in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, specializing in mobile responsive website design, SEO, and search engine marketing. And you can reach me at fred at fcpdigital.com. And I'm Rodney Warner. You could reach me at Rodney at rodneywarner.net. And uh, check out my website, logically enough, rodneywarner.net. Thank you once again, everybody. Thank you, Trish. Thank, thank you, you very much. Thank you, listeners. And until next time, thank you very much. Thank you for joining us at the Three Bald Guys Talk Marketing Podcast. Please join us again next time. And check out our website at three, the number three, baldguyspodcast.com. Until next time. May the good marketing be yours. <laughs>